Hello everyone and welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. At Evolution, we are committed to helping people and Nordics tech organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. Hi, I'm Alex Robinson from Evolution Recruitment Solutions and today I am your host. Today, I'm joined by Aniket Kumar, Senior Product Manager of Analytics and Data Platform at Maersk, Umid Akmedov, Chief Data Officer at Danska Commodities, Ilya Vinokorovs, Head of Global Finance and Master Data at Novo Nordisk, and we're all here to discuss how to manage effective data teams. So before we delve any deeper into this topic, I'd like to work our way around the room with some introductions. So I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and what your biggest passion is currently. So Umid, do you want to kick us off? Yes, my name is Umit. Uh, I work at uh, Dansky Commodities as Chief Data Officer, and my biggest passion currently is uh, CrossFit. Okay, great. Thank you very much for that. And then over to you, Ilya. Thank you, Alex, and thank you for inviting uh, for the conversation. Um, Ilya, I'm heading up uh, Global Finance Master Data uh, within a Digital Finance and Architecture team in Nordisk. And Novo Nordisk is uh, one of the largest companies in Denmark with uh, now 100 years uh, history, uh, where Nobel laureates uh, August and Mary Craw went to uh, went to Canada to ask to be able to use the uh, the insulin that uh, was recently developed. And uh, the goal for uh, Novo Nordisk in general is to defeat all the uh, serious chronic diseases such as diabetes, obesity, and red uh, blood and endocrine disorders. Thank you very much for that, Ilya. And then over to you, Anika. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. My name is Anikit Kumar, and uh, currently I'm working as a senior product manager uh, for Data Analytics Platform uh, with AP Muller Mosk. Okay, so my uh, background is primarily an engineering background, and uh, I have done my master's in analytics. Uh, primarily, I'm from India, and but uh, two years back, moved to Copenhagen with my family. In my past, I have worked with uh, a lot of investment banking organizations, and like American Express, JP Morgan, HSBC, and uh, with the current organization as Musk. Uh, so I'm. I also have a two years old kid. So in my spare time, I like. I like to be playful with my kid, and uh, yeah, I st I like to stay close to the nature. Yeah, so that's about me. Thanks for inviting me, Alex, and happy to join all of you. Of course, thank you everyone for that. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, and Nordic's managing director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So now that we've established a bit of context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you all have a question or statement around how you manage effective data teams. 
Um, as usual, I'm going to work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reason behind it. So each of you will have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. But first, I just want to ask to set the context for this conversation. Um, in your opinion, what do you think should be the metric that we use to measure effectiveness of a data team? So, um, Umid, do you want to kick us off with that one? Yes, um, I can try. Um, so, in my opinion, um, the things that are uh, best at measuring the effectiveness of the team and the, the sentence actually has the right word to describe it, the team is actually threefold. Um, one is the individual impact of each member. It's the uh, collaboration. That means how are you building on the knowledge of the others in the team and the help. That means how do you help the, uh, the people who are less experienced than you to come up to the speed um, uh, with the team, uh, with, the, with, the, with the tasks. I know that it's quite fluffy, but um, through my experience, I have seen that um, the numeric um, KPIs or things that are um, measured by the numbers are not necessarily um, divulging the, the real performance of, of people. Um, and that's why the effectiveness of the team is um, uh, something that needs to be uh, seen in in this uh, less uh, numeric uh, measures, let's say. That's at least the opinion that I have right now. Okay, great. It sounds like very valuable um, way of measuring it. Uh, so I'll hand over to you, Ilya. What do you think of this? Yeah, I would like to add maybe one more uh, metric is uh, basically whether your team is actually doing what uh, they're supposed to be doing for the larger good. Yeah. So here, uh, an example of how we used to do things in Nordisk, we used to have a project which has some set goal. And then within that project, uh, most of the time what we used to spend is on fixing the data and fixing the process and then only thinking maybe 10% of the time about uh, actually the benefits, what could uh, that project uh, achieve for us. And uh, now we're actually decided to flip it, that uh, we aim that the teams are structured in a way, especially data teams, that the data layers and the process layers should always be on a highest level so that when you do actually those improvement projects on top of that, whether that would be AI, whether that would be some BI projects or anything, that uh, you actually can spend time on the improvement part rather than on fixing part what should have been fixed a long time ago. And also maybe a bit to add on how do we do it is one of the, one of the uh, things that uh, we have in Novo is that we like to set the ambitious goals and then to empower to uh, to achieve them, at least within the uh, the larger team of uh, of finance data architecture team, uh, we have so-called celebration culture. So we set ambitious goals per year, and then uh, the sub teams are actually responsible to say, okay, we've achieved something. Let's go out to dinner as a big team to celebrate that we have achieved that uh, that point, which which then helps also visibility around. Uh, uh, in the larger department, what has been done, what is achieved, and then how to celebrate the achievement. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, sounds great. Sounds um, like a good time when you hit a good goal, I suppose. Uh, so over to you, Anika. Yeah. I can completely relate to what Ilya is saying. I mean, it's uh, the end also, uh, as he mentioned, like there's no specific KPI for this. Okay. But I think there are multiple layers to it, which actually helps you to understand what are the key pillars with which you can actually measure, track, or maybe improve to a certain extent the effectiveness of our data team, which is primarily around your in my view, like a lot of things, these uh, these things start with uh, from organization priority and data maturity. Okay, because your processes, your priorities has to be very clear so that you make your team effective enough, even though if you have a right set of people, but your priorities or the strategy is very different. Okay, it may not be effective enough. Even it also boils down to a lot of uh, business data literacy and also the engagement that happens with the data team so that you don't, the data team doesn't become a order taker rather than they become a partner of it to execute those aspects. Okay, so that is how you actually uh, improvise the effectiveness of a data team. Okay, so considering the fact that your data is aligned, your uh, yeah, they so we have the right engagement that with the data team. So the probably most important thing that actually helps you to drive effectiveness is the kind of structure that you have uh, within your function or organization. Okay, and and the way to implement or improvise that is uh, to have right set of. Uh, team or goal or a common shared understanding about the business, the objectives and the right kind of engagement that happens with the business. And also how do we drive better business value and insights so that uh, the team actually helps you to not only develop solutions, but also effectively helps the entire organizations to get this executed and also adopted. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you very much for setting the context there for me, guys. So I suppose uh, moving into the questions that you've all brought in today. Um, Umid, would you like to kick us off? Tell us a little bit about your question and uh, where it's come from. So <clears throat> the question I have is um, um, because of the current situation on the market and um, currently the, there is a scarcity of specialists. Um, so um, I meet every day with uh, a question of what are the basically ethical considerations of directly approaching employees from competing organizations? Okay, very interesting question there, guys. Um, Ilya, do you want to tackle that one first? Yeah. Um, in my book, I at least don't see any purely ethical uh, reasons why would you not approach because uh, to approach at least that is uh, something that uh, you probably should do as part of your role uh, sometimes the, the only uh, thing what you should probably consider is the the type of data that you are working with uh, because at least for us a lot of times we work with uh, so-called gxp data and that is much more regulated and uh, and in the environment also where some people might work with patent data that again could be much more regulated that uh, would uh, uh, have also some non-compete clauses sometimes, especially if you're approaching the uh, the competitor, right? Uh, but uh, I would say from the other side, it is the, uh, our job also that to make sure that uh, when, when our employees get approached that uh, the answer would be most likely no, as long as maybe you don't offer me millions 
uh, more because of the culture of the company and because of the environment within the the team. I think uh, that these two aspects would be the the ones that we need to consider when we at least try to keep those employees. And for for us at least, the back to the big goal of the company to de- defeat the. Uh, the chronic disease and that helps a lot uh, also uh, with employee uh, retention that they know that they're actually going with this big goal and uh, the other aspect within the smaller teams uh, that is again then up to the managers to to make sure that their employees are happy and that it would not be that easy to to take take away the knowledge from us okay thank you Uh, can i go next alex yeah of course Sure. Uh, uh, good points, Elia. And uh, you met, so I think uh, in past I have been in, in part of those organizations where the data was key. Um, the data points like with uh, investment banking, those data points are really, really critical and probably it's very important to take care of those uh, facts and figures. Okay. But I think I have been into such situation and probably I think there are a couple of things that I generally follow is uh, in the current scenario environment, like where specialization is race cars and uh, we struggle to hire right set of people. Uh, I don't see a challenge in approaching a person or, or a, uh, who is from a competing company. But I think there are certain boundaries and rules that we need to definitely follow okay so that it becomes very transparent like so basically in this case i i think what we are looking for is a talent and the experience rather than a plagiarism right so i think confidentiality and professionalism is really really important the reason for this is like uh, let's make a rule uh, basically what i follow is like let's make a rule that probably will not be sharing any information from a previous organization. That's the first starting point. And it's applicable for a new employee or with or even for me, like when I leave any organization. So so that's a rule unsaid or even said rule that generally I follow. Okay. Even a lot of times I have seen few of uh, people like uh, uh, like asking for like I'll, I'll give some instance okay so there's one of my friend probably who has been working in a large organization and every two months uh, he has he's been approached to join a new company uh, by a new HR right so I think that's probably not an ethical recruitment I, I would say because say for example there's a proposition from HR there's a good uh, opportunity available in market but probably approaching a single person uh, for after every one month or every three weeks or every two months is not the right ethical requirement uh, recruitment I would say okay and uh, probably the best thing that we can do is definitely to build an attractive works workplace okay so that people genuinely come back and say to you to that they want to get recruited for your organization yeah so that's the best thing that probably we can do for mm-hmm. so i think that is probably the couple of points that i have followed so far in my previous hiring process can i add a bit alex Koshka, yeah, go I think, ahead. I think uh, yeah, very good point i think it uh, that uh, the same as in dating no means no yeah so when when you when hr approaches you too much that is also not good <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Let's make clear at this point in the podcast that no does always mean no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, any anything else to add on that topic, Human? No. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I think uh, 
Ilya and Aniket has have put it uh, quite clear. And uh, um, so basically, uh, it's controversial. Um, you know whether you can approach people from the um, uh, from the um, from the competition in a way that you would divulge some of the uh, internal information or you will reuse some of the information that you know about a person uh, who you are trying to approach to in order to convince them to move over. Uh, the the second thing is basically that the, the companies, they need to uh, increase their awareness in, in terms of uh, the value that they are bringing to the society and uh, increasing their uh, like you know the uh, the overall like improving their overall goal so that they can keep uh, good employees by um, providing them something bigger than just just money um, and um, uh, one thing that I also think is important in this case in, in kind of keeping the people is basically that um, it should be interesting. It should be interesting to work uh, and it should be um, um, attractive to uh, uh, to stay and develop there. So there needs to be um, a clear development plan for, for people so that they can uh, see themselves there and not just be attracted by the money. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just uh, curious if you don't if you don't mind a bit of a follow up. Um, what is it that you're doing currently? Would you say that to keep that talent? So that's exactly what we are trying to do, basically yeah. to formulate a um, uh, employee value proposition uh, that would be um, uh, kind of. Uh, um, showing the value of staying uh, which is uh, much more than just money and it can be manifold it can be through uh, the, the overall goal of the company it can be through interesting tasks it can be through um, innovative technology or innovative uh, ways of working uh, that no one else is doing and uh, also trying to you know to take pride for for the work that you are doing that um you know that you can always show that you have um you know the system that you have built is um is unparalleled uh for example on the in the industry um if there are cases like that um they need to be um, brought forward and um, reused in in these mm -hmm. conversations because um um everyone i think uh, at least everyone wants to be part of something that is uh first that is newest that is fastest that is strongest that is uh, yeah the best so um, um so that's that's what we are trying to do yeah sounds like great things that you do know there in that sense um what about you two guys Ilya, Annika what would you say I know Ilya mentioned something about the message of Novo Nordisk earlier yeah and yeah I, I would like to agree very much with uh, Amit that uh, the answer to this is mostly how happy and how satisfied the employees within your company and your team so and a lot of times it is much easier for the employee to be satisfied within a company because there is all these uh, goals and the company itself is with a good name uh, but the tricky part is to trickle it down to the 
separate teams and to separate areas and tasks that you have to do because not always every task is going to be uh, as uh, Amit mentioned, uh, the most exciting one and the one that uh, you're going to win Nobel Prize with or something like that. Uh, so, so it is also a bit of a balance that uh, you as a manager need to uh, see which people fit to which tasks the best and mm -hmm. also to align these things when, when you make the decisions of what and how should be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Then anything to add um, on your side, Anika? Anything that Merce could do in at all? Yep. I mean, just to... Uh, so there are multiple things uh, being done at a team level, but I think uh, one of the things that connects all of us within Merce is primarily the purpose, okay? Which is primarily like we are here to improve everybody's life, okay? By integrating entire supply chain. And we are also trying to be a carbon neutral organization, okay, which and here and it gives me a larger purpose for everyone in the organization so that like what kind of solutions we build with in in uh, in in, in uh, with our customers partners so that we deliver or we achieve this purpose. Okay, so so I think uh, I understand each team, each function tries to manage this uh, in its own way so that they keep this work motivating and also exciting. But I think one of the things that definitely, definitely connects everyone is the purpose that Musk is driving right now. Yeah, 100% that very uh, purpose driven um, approach at Musk. I, I like that, that it's very much about um, coming together on the why you're doing what you're doing, as well as making sure that the interesting stuff is going on as well. Uh, so thank you guys for rounding that off me. I suppose, um, Elliot, would you like to pose your question to the panel? Yeah, sure. So in today's dynamic uh, and often unpredictable business environment, many organizations find themselves navigating through reorganizations. Uh, this situation poses then a question to us. How can we maintain and even boost morale and productivity of our teams amidst these changes? And uh, here maybe a bit of a context is that I, I uh, specifically chose the word organizations because they could be either uh, doing adjusting of, of your headcount or actually uh, up or down. For example, like Novo Nordisk is uh, one of the biggest challenges for us is that uh, we are actually hiring a lot of people and to maintain the culture to maintain productivity while maybe you as a manager have a lot of work to to actually uh, hire people instead of developing your your current team that poses a, a bit of a challenge okay so we'll um, we'll kick off with you i, I feel you like a man with something to say right now no 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 I, I to be honest i wanted to ask Ilya, can you repeat the question <laughs> because it's it has been long can yeah. you like so make the shorter it version shorter? Is, uh, <laughs> within within the environment where companies are reorganizing a lot how yeah. can we keep uh, morale productivity and culture of the teams uh, to be able to boost uh, I think it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult to maintain. <clears throat> However, as we discussed in the previous question, um, it all boils down how the leadership of the of the uh, company, of the teams, of um, is able to communicate the transparent message to the to the people um, in terms of what is going to happen why is it happening 
uh, how are we going to deal with that and be open about it and also be able to show or draw the future uh, in which um, it's uh, you know it's clear to everyone um, the value of this change because the change is uh, as as cliche as it sounds is constant right we always have some kind of a change that is happening and the more people are ready for that change the better so it's the it's the art actually to be able to explain that the change is happening for the better good um, and uh, and be able to communicate that in the right way um, and so uh, to make it concrete uh, what i mean by that is basically uh, as a as a leader uh, one could basically uh, ensure that there is a clear uh, understanding of the future what this change will bring in terms of future of the of the employees day to day so being it a, a better projects uh in more interesting tasks uh, new technology that is coming um whatever uh, new new ways of working more efficient deliveries uh something that will improve their experience at at, at the workplace so this is one of the things that is uh, very very meticulously should be re reassessed number two is of course, uh, trying to be able to get to, to uh, closer to, to people individually uh, so that uh, you can actually ensure that they feel that you understand what they feel about this and how they are actually um, uh, reacting to this to enable this management of the change to make sure that uh, people feel good about it. I know that it's quite difficult to do, and it's also sometimes, you know, for some people, you need to to deliver this uh, very difficult uh, uh, message. Um, but that's that's uh, that's part of the change, right? Um, so getting close to to people, that's another thing that needs to be kind of uh, on the agenda. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of you know the the. The, the the biggest things one can uh, think about uh, off top of the head right now. One hundred percent. I think that's a very valuable advice. Um, to be honest with you, I suppose just hand over to you, um, Anike. What do you think on this? Yep. So it's it's actually a, a fact of the market. Okay. So let's accept it. And probably, how do we uh, try to uh better utilize or or maybe improve the situation in our own way that is the way probably <clears throat> everybody can every leader can deal within their own function and organization okay so i think uh, i split this entire thing into three pieces first is your people component value and process okay so what i mean by this is like it's when when an, an entire industry or an organization is going through this change okay the most important thing is to care about the people. Okay, respect the people. Okay, and also build a trustworthy relationship with the employees. Okay, and that is what actually brings like this people touch and 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 conference together, so that you even though 
things may not be in uh, the way you like okay but still you are able to support that ecosystem and also uh, driving uh, to a larger value or larger purpose that you have in mind okay apart from this also uh, the process component which is also very key is like how do you engage with your team members uh, at what frequency okay at probably and what with what transparency okay would actually matter for this entire engagement so that it gives right confidence for every individual uh, that hey my leader respects me or maybe my leader has a trust uh, or is being transparent with me okay and uh, and and uh, and so so all of these taken together actually helps our team to maybe getting into the right direction okay staying motivated to a certain extent uh, and also not getting digressed with probably uh, with, uh, with a lot of teams or members team members could get distracted too right so i think that is what probably uh, key fundamental pillars probably i would like to stick to when come when i come across these situations yeah 100% i like that idea of those three pillars um so what what do you have to add to this earlier i think very good points uh, from from uh, bo both uh, colleagues here and uh, i one we're still going through this and probably uh, we should meet uh, within some years afterwards to see if we if we succeed or not but uh, I can tell you what we're doing now, at least. Yeah, we uh, all of the management levels are very much aware of this issue. Yeah, that, that we are facing now, and the, even from the top management, we we have um, a novel notice way, and then the essential guidelines. I know in in uh, Maersk they have the same kind of things, essential guidelines from the from the founders yeah, and from this uh, from the top management. Uh, we have uh, changed them now or adjusted uh, to to the realities that we're facing, and also we put a lot of effort into making sure that all levels of the company are aware of it and are trying to work to mitigate uh, these issues. Uh, especially the the cultural change potential issues or retention of the of the culture that we actually like in Novo Nordisk. And uh, the challenge for myself is that uh, even though I'm uh, in the company three years only, comparatively to some other people that have been here for 20 years, I should also become myself as the champion of the culture and um, and moving it forward and retaining it, which... which uh, Hopefully we will succeed, but we'll, as I said, we'll see within a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You got something to add there, Arika? Yeah, just a last thing. I think so, uh, Elliot, just to like, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's a fact that is existing across the industry and organization, right? Okay. And everybody is aware of it. And probably uh, there are a couple of said or unsaid things that we need to accept it. Okay. But I think uh, the only thing that we control right now is how do we improve it? And I think the most important component is being transparent to our people and having that confidence uh, and building that confidence as a leader so that people trust in you. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So does anyone have anything else to add on that question? I just want to wish uh, strength uh, to Ilya. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> going through this. It's yeah. difficult. 100%. Um, hoping for an update in a couple of years time as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, great. So um, I suppose that said, we'll move on to um, your question for the panel, Annika. So um, what is it that you want to ask and uh, where does this question come from? Yeah. So uh i'll give you some context before i actually get down to the exact point of uh, or summary of this question 
So data is in a very evolving stage right now. Okay, the earlier uh, the premise was more if you talk about maybe five to ten years back. Okay, the premise was there's a backend system, there's a frontend system, there's a backend team, and frontend team taking care of both aspects. Okay. Right now, the way data is evolving, the expectations and the business challenges are popping up. Okay, there's a wide spectrum of skills that you need to suffice your business needs, like which may constitute of an analytics engineer. Just to give an example, you might need an data engineer, you might need an analytics engineer, your data scientist, MLOps, AI scientist, data analyst, analyst, analytics translator, whatnot, right? So and and every project or or has its own constraint. Okay, so given the expectations or the changing environment or changing expectation of business. Okay, how do you manage the right competencies within your team? Okay, so maybe there can be challenges that probably you cannot ask for more, or maybe you'll have to work with certain limited set of skills, right? because of the uh, constraints on resources. So how do you manage that right competencies within your team? Great question. Um, so I suppose, Umid, do you want to tackle this one first? I can try. So um, to kind of, yeah, to give it an analogy, analogy, um, you basically mentioned um, so that there is an equation that you need to solve. So in the equation, you have the, the Y, right? And uh, this is a function of your company's um, goals. So depending on this function, you would need to kind of have a maybe quadratic equation, maybe logarithmic equation, maybe linear equation. Anything can be um, can be used depending on the why. So the question is, um, what is the the company's um, the goal? So, but I at the same time I actually um, respect that you are mentioning that there are limitations. So there might be situations where you are not allowed to hire, where you basically um, you have in the spectrum of your uh, data delivery you have a need for let's say data managers and you don't you don't have room for them so what do you do in that case um i'm not saying that this is the silver bullet but um one of the things that i think uh would help in this case is being able to communicate to your organizations about organization about uh the value that this uh data spectrum delivery team is bringing um translated into the language that that um, the decision makers understand be it in dollars euros kronas or whatever be it in use cases that would show some dollars euros or kronas or it would be in the loss of the uh, of some kind of um, amount and being able to deliver it as a business case where you basically can describe what is it and what uh, what is it in it for them or for the organization um, and deliver it as a as an offer um, and kind of have the clear discussion about okay we have this need this is what we're going to do and i need support 
I don't think there is any problem but by saying that you need help um, to deliver, to help the organization <laughs> to achieve some some specific goals. So the, the art here is to be able to connect the delivery of this data spectrum team uh, to to uh, you know to connect their delivery uh, value proposition to the strategic goals or um, you know financial goals of the company. Hundred percent. I think uh, I really like what you said there. Can't lie, you lost me a little bit with the equations, but that's because um, I'm no way a mathematical or technical person. <laughs> um, so <laughs> clear to me that the panel is much smarter than I, and I'm hoping that the audience is too. Um, so I will hand over to you, Ilya. That said, thanks. This question question is actually very close to to my heart right now because I'm in the process uh, of uh, developing uh, multiple new teams and. Uh, then I also have to figure out this equation of uh, the competencies and what should be and how it should be. So, uh, and here, if we go back again to Nova Nordisk guide, uh, guiding uh, star, uh, star, yeah, uh, we have um, one of those things that says we value diversity and treat everyone with respect. And that, that one I usually think when I'm making uh, these uh, decisions, because, and I've heard a lot of times uh, from other managers that I would like to hire four of myself, yeah, uh, which uh, I see it as a mistake usually when, when that happens, because uh, the diversity of opinions and diversity of those competences that that is usually my experience that brings the value that can be extracted from from the team yeah. uh, for example uh, one person could be more technical yeah very analytical another person could be then uh, more uh, uh, versed within the tools that we're using yeah. and a third person can be then good communicator yeah and then uh, with uh, with the guidance and the development of those people, they can lift each other within those aspects that uh, that they are uh, maybe not as uh, competent in, and which is fine. And uh, at least when I'm looking for for the team members, I'm not looking that across the board that would be average high. I'm looking more that uh, in a curve. Okay, this guy or this person would uh, bring this strength. And uh, then uh, something we would need to lift uh, for for that person. Yeah, 100%. Um, so does anyone have any comments to round up that question at all? What do you think, Annika, of what's been said here? Yeah, uh, really nice feedback and uh, inputs from Ahmed and Nadia. I think uh, it, lot, it makes a lot of sense. And probably I know like it's uh, one other thing that probably uh, and being followed across the organization and also these are the most real time uh, real life constraints that we are facing in day to day life right uh, i think just to add like what you said is also probably i might like to add a couple of points over here like the way I, at least i have been approaching this in my past is like if there's an organization or function or a company okay which is very small or maybe kind of startup then probably I might look for people with uh, some sort of mixed roles. OK, like say, for example, there's high level. So I, I would like to cluster these roles together. OK, say, for example, like data engineer and addicts engineer has a lot of overlap in terms of skills. 
Okay, so I might need, need to pick up one of them so that I need my backend systems infrastructures running. Okay, there are a lot of overlaps in the data analyst and data scientist role to a certain extent, right? Based on the complexities that you want to handle. So I would like to pick up one of those roles for uh, my analysis and insights. So, so, so this is one way of doing it, and maybe uh, as Omid also said, like to come to communicate in the right way so that it actually helps organization to understand probably what is the value for this particular role. Okay, so the way I generally approach is probably to tag a particular role to a particular value that it can generate, or the other way is to do uh, in a reverse way, which is basically what if this role does not exist and probably what is that you lose with it? OK, at times it's more easier to justify to us to in certain forums so that you get the uh, people get the right context of it. OK, so so that's how, that's how probably I approach in different organizations based on the stakeholders that I engage to. Uh, if I if I may add a bit, also I think very good good point, especially for the overlapping skills. Yeah, and uh, what what we usually do, at least from the hiring process, is that when we do hiring, we think about that we not only hire for the role, we hire for the company for Novonordisk. Yeah, that this person can fit in multiple places afterwards, and that it's actually a good fit for the company rather than just a single project or a single team. Yeah. yeah. 100% very valuable. And then um, anything to round us off there with Umid? Yeah, but I was just, um, uh, you know, just a comment uh, to be to be aware of uh, when when mixing the roles uh, in the data spectrum, um, we need to keep in mind that um, it oftentimes can become a um, a bad habit. And when it becomes a bad habit, um, then basically it will put strain on on people. It will make them stressed, um, tired, um, and then potentially move the motivation. So um, the diversity of roles and uh, specialization is basically in order to improve the final result, as Ilya mentioned, in terms of like putting the right constellation of the right skills would actually get you further than just trying to be creative. Yeah, 100%. So anything to add there, guys? No, nothing. I think, I think uh, right to I mean, uh, I get a point and probably where are you coming from? Uh, but <clears throat> this, Question itself is is in a in a constrained environment. Probably, what is the right thing can be potentially in? Yeah, and that is how probably uh, a lot of times uh, we need to justify these value or of each position, each role to the organization, saying that what 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 is that uh, they'll bring onto the table if we have those set of roles and 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 the kind of changing environment we have it's really difficult to bring n number of skills or expect n number of skills from a single person true yeah 100 okay great um so there's nothing else to add there guys no okay great so um before we end the podcast and wrap up today i'd just like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for joining me today sharing their insights um, one more time, they have been Anaket Kumar, Senior Product Manager of the Data and Analytics Pro Platform at AP Mollamersk, 
Um, Umadit Medov, Chief Data Officer at Danska Commodities, and Ilya Vinokorov, Head of Global Finance and Master Data at Novo Nordisk. So a little bit from me now, um, if you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. Uh, so I'm Alex Robinson and you can find me on LinkedIn or you can email me at alex.robinson at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash Nordics forward slash. So um, thank you again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. Uh, we really hope that you can join us next time. Goodbye.